I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together, we're Lippy and Grumpy do podcasting. In this episode, some stuff from last week, a grumpy rant, working from home and conspiracy theories. So Lippy, episode 14. Oh, God, it's getting high, isn't it? Racking up the weeks. We are racking up the weeks, actually. It's quite scary. Quite scary indeed. And this is a dawn of a new era because we've ditched Zoom after a very frustrating editing session last week. We have. We have, and we've gone to Squadcast. So hopefully this sounds better and it'll be easier to edit. Mm, Definitely. The trial we did last week, mini trial, didn't get published, obviously. Um, Sounded pretty good. I was quite impressed. It did sound good indeed. Uh, one of the problems I was having is there was massive gaps in between you speaking, uh, which never happens. No, I talk constantly all the time. Yes, yeah, the so, same thing, and I just said it twice because I like saying words. <laughs> yes, indeed, I like saying words. Well, that'll look good on your CV. On to some matters arising from last week. We mm. somewhat deviated in talking about Alexas, and it, I remembered a couple of days later. Did you remember to turn the alarm off at six o'clock in the morning? Sure, you know I didn't, but I don't remember hearing it. Mm, strange I, that. In, to be honest, it is in our living room. I don't think we would have heard it from the bedroom. Uh, okay. And neither of us would get up for work that early. So <laughs> it would have just rang off, I would assume. Well, it must give up after a certain period of time. Yeah. The first person up is then at what time? I said like six, didn't I? It was six ish, six or six thirty. Yeah, so the next person up isn't until like half seven. So, well, hopefully, it won't be like the mystery alarm we had here at seven o'clock, which went which for goes off every day, <laughs> six a.m. Yeah. and nobody knows, and the neighbours yeah. came around yeah. <laughs> wandering around outside trying to hunt down the uh, fugitives. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, after that, I was interested to come across a spoof article about a couple sparking a riot by driving around neighborhoods yelling alexa play nickelback don't through a megaphone she didn't hear you it's fine oh i've got headphones in that's why she didn't hear you that's why <laughs> i was like panicking oh my god she's gonna start it's gonna start no no definitely not it might start here but uh, hmm. but but not at your end and following on from the quite frankly ridiculous lippy top tip about wrapping sellotape around a fork to make a spoon orange marshall one got in touch to say he has had this problem whilst marshalling um you would normally have sellotape marshalling wouldn't you yeah but he didn't use sellotape he used tin foil which is a much better idea why it's less Tim Ford could fall off into the food a lot easier. Well, not if you mash it properly. And he's making a cup of coffee at this stage. Oh, okay. So he just needs to give it as well. Also, that's going to make your food taste very tinny. And, of course, sellotape's going to make it taste gluey. Doesn't really taste of anything, sellotape. Mm. Anyway, I thought that was a much better idea. Obviously yeah. not as good as a splain. Which we no. discovered last week. But when you don't have a spoon, what else are you going to do? Well, if you let me know when you've ever been in a situation where you've not had the correct cutlery. Uh, Davros, as ever, got in touch. He's uh, he's also has a very old Kindle and is quite happy with that. So us oldies stick together. He also doesn't have a great deal to, to comment on the Doctor Who New Year's Day special. God, that's a mouthful. <laughs> It is a bit of a mouthful. I don't think he's uh, he's a fan of the current writer. Let's just leave it at that. Mm. Uh, it was quite pleased with the 
introduction of Jethro Tull to the Davros Christmas playlist. You've no idea who Jethro Tull are. No, I'm looking at you like, I, I assume it's a band, but I wouldn't actually know who they were. No, oh, it is, is a band. It's a very old band and they're very good and you probably have never heard them actually. No, probably yes. not. And there is a Davros question about the 360 degree camera about photographing the stand. Mm. And from experience, it does take a bit of the stand out, but it depends what you've got. So I've got one of these gorilla things with bendy legs in oh, all sorts yeah. of different places. Whereas if it was on a tripod that really stuck out, it probably would catch it still. Well, it does catch the gorilla pack because mm. you tend to put them, stick them out. But if it's a post in the ground, you don't see it. I've got a spike, which will go Yeah, on. rather than and a also, tripod style. Yeah, and it seems to be able to filter out its own body as well, mm, which is something I'd like to do myself. <laughs> or, or just slim down a bit. <laughs> well, just not be there. But, uh, maybe having a bulbous lump at front and back would, uh, mm. would do that. But uh, yes. So I, I have a bit of a rant. I'm Go afraid. On, it's the phrase, these are trying times. Oh. It's that. gone on too far. It's a bit like saying Happy New Year in the third week of January. Everybody's over it. Yeah. And Every- if you haven't seen them by now, they're not important enough to say Happy New Year to. Well, probably not. No. But it's the same thing. We all know it's trying times. It's really trying and it's really mm. annoying. And just reminding us of that, I think, probably ought to be a capital offence. Yeah, I agree. The other one is unprecedented. Yes, there is an exception. What was the ex- exception? The exception would be if it was describing the size of my lottery win. <laughs> then that's okay. That's all right to use unprecedented. In any other circumstance, I think it's in the same category as we just Mm. don't want to hear it anymore. Someone said it on the radio today and they weren't even talking about coronavirus and she used it. And I was like, no, don't skip. She just brought it up and they were talking about music and she just decided to bring up coronavirus. Like, stop. Yeah, no, let's let's try and... Yeah, we know too much. Nobody needs to know anymore. <laughs> Definitely not. So I spent a very pleasant day on Saturday fiddling with some old bits and pieces that I'd bought from a an auto jumble just before we had the well lockdown two now, including a, a very unusual sun gas analyzer that would have been used in garages in the seventies. So it would have, well, it would have analysed the exhaust gas and oh, speed of the engine, and and you'd be able to use it for tuning a car. Mm. So it was so old, in fact, I took it apart and there was valves inside. It, it, it was a mixture of valves and transistors. Yeah, So it was, uh, yeah, so I, I took the, the gubbings out and the heavy bits and managed to clean up the Bakelite dials and had a had a, a lovely time doing Aww. that. So, yeah. So renovating. A bit of renovating. Um, obviously, it will never work as a, as a gas analyzer again, but I'm hoping to turn it into some sort of lamp. And I've come up with a, a method for putting some nice warm white leds in the dials mm. just to give it a little bit of glow so i think that'll be quite quite nice so we'll, we'll yeah. see how that works out Interesting. But, um, yes first of many and i've been eyeing up some eye-wateringly expensive mig welders as well so oh. yes just quite how to smuggle that in the house without it being noticed mm, i mean actually that probably isn't that hard <laughs> Just well, add it to the pile of everything else. Yeah, but it will be when my new workshop area at the end of the garage is complete. Uh, be this big orange Dalek thing. Uh, hmm. So, uh, yes, I need to work on that. Uh, any news from the sewing room? 
not from the sewing room, but from the weight loss room. Oh, tell, tell. Craziness. So we're doing the competition with the friends, obviously, because we're both very competitive people and it makes it a lot easier to actually lose weight if you could end up being a loser because you don't lose weight. Makes sense. Anyway, (laughs) so we did our first weigh-in on Sunday and we did not, I wouldn't, there was a slight accusation of cheating because on the first day we weighed in we weighed in at like two o'clock with so we'd had like some food throughout the day and then weighed in whereas on Sunday obviously we got up and weighed straight away because that's what is the easiest thing to do um and it's when you're the lightest so it makes you feel a bit better about yourself on the scales so between us because we're doing it in groups we lost 13 pounds that's a hell of an achievement. Well done. That's crazy, isn't it? In one week. But we said, because it's, it's probably a lot of the like Christmas food, alcohol, takeaways that we've had over the last kind of three weeks. That's what's come off because now I'm kind of back to the weight that I was before Christmas. So next week, this week happening is going to be the week to see if we can actually lose that much weight in a week. I would have thought, thinking about it, and I've probably thought about this a little bit too much, to be honest. <laughs> The sweet spot for weighing is after your early morning poop yeah, and before breakfast. Yeah, that's exactly what we did. Ah, so it wasn't straight up on Sunday. No, it wasn't straight. Well, I am an up and go kind of person. Not that anyone needed to know that. So it was pretty much straight away as soon as I got up. Sometimes in the middle of the night, you know. Way too much information. (laughs) We'll definitely be getting age restriction on YouTube this week. Oh, damn. (laughs) That should be a task. Every week, see if we can get an age restriction without swearing or being too crude. Well, what was really odd on the New Year's Day episode, which Mm. I made a slight mistake in uploading only the introduction, that was age restricted, but the full one wasn't, which is very bizarre. And the description was identical, so the words that go with it was, was exactly the same. So that That's doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, it is a bit odd. Uh, it's probably a computer that works it out, though, and adds the restrictions. Well, possibly. It's probably just a computer mistake. But anyway, back to weight loss. I have now also realised why yo-yo dieting is a thing. Because I used to think, stupid, if you've lost the weight, just keep it off. Don't try, Don't put it back on and then lose it again. But now that I've lost my part of the 13 pounds i'm like i can eat whatever i want i've lost loads of weight yeah that, that is <laughs> so a problem. i fully get it now yeah it is it's very very yeah. difficult very it difficult. does and everyone's everyone everyone says like it needs to be a lifestyle change not a diet and now i understand that bit better too because i feel like as soon as i've lost the weight i'm going to be like oh, i can eat whatever i want now and i'm just going to put it all back on again because i am being quite strict like i eat about a thousand calories a day at the moment which isn't much it's not a great deal we've we've done an eight the michael mosley 800 diet mm. which was quite tough that said the recipes that come in the book were quite good so they were quite filling yeah, yeah the food i'm eating is amazing mm. But like, it's not a lot. Like, I do go to bed hungry and wake yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not brilliant, to be honest. Mm. Uh, you shouldn't shouldn't really be doing that. There was something in the paper today I saw. It was a uh, two plates of very similar food. So it was chicken cooked in a sauce with some rice and what looked like roasted vegetables, so peppers and uh, that sort of thing. Um, one plate had less chicken and smaller portion of rice and much more in the way of vegetables on it. And they reckon that was something like 300 calories less. Mm. 
but it's not always about calories that's the thing no it's about fat and like the thing i'm using tracks all of what i should be having like the amount of protein i should be having a day the amount of saturates and stuff and and like all of that side of it as well so that i'm it's not that i'm not i'm eating like a thousand calories of bread I'm yeah. like eating like yeah. a thousand calories of like well proportioned food with nutrients in it. Hmm. I I bought just before Christmas some Huel, uh, which really for quick lunches. So it's a much better pot noodle in in respect because it's it's dried. Hmm. You add some hot boiling water to it, um, leave it for five minutes, and then tuck away, and it's very tasty. Yeah. And it, it's all plant based, which is a bit of a trend and something we'll be covering next week and um yeah it is good and it lasts all afternoon as well which is which is good it's good Uh, yeah quick hot tasty and easy which are Mm. words that i like in many things including food so working from home working from home i love it i have done it for the best part on and off not all the time for 20 odd years when you girls were both very young and it, mm. it worked for uh, what we were doing at the time. And it meant I could take you to school and work a little bit in the evening. And you know, everything was fine and dandy. But that's easy for me because I've got a room I can go to, sat here with three screens in front of me. I've got all the comforts of the office mm. without the noise, quite frankly. Yeah. So, And I really, you know, this, this period that we've had, I appreciate that space more than ever um, because mm. I know some of the people I work with are balancing laptops on laps, literally. Yeah. Coffee tables. And, yeah, yeah. And they're dealing with children and all that sort of stuff. So it's, you it's can show yourself away. <laughs> yeah, quite. And your children at the age where they'll just bring you cups of tea instead. <laughs> I hadn't noticed that. Not the one child that's still here anyway. Yeah. And, uh, but even when you were younger, you, you appreciated the you know, work stopped at a certain time, but during those times, unless the house was burning down, mm. then, um, that it was just check I'm not doing something really or not snoozing really yeah yeah I think that is the only downside is where we are there isn't space for me to have a desk and we are hopefully moving soon in which case the spare room will be my office but so I am just working on the sofa but because it's like an l-shaped sofa I sit in a weird place on the sofa for like normal seating and it does work quite well and I'm actually surprisingly focused at home I don't know what it is but I feel like when I'm allowed to procrastinate and like look at my phone for like two minutes here and there and get up and make a coffee. I actually work harder when I'm working because I know I'm allowed to give myself a little break. Well, I think a lot of that is from boyfriend of Lippy who does essentially sprints, doesn't he? Mm, he does. A term we would use with uh, agile programming. So you're absolutely focused for a fixed period of time. Then you have a cup of coffee and... Have a little break. Yeah, yeah have a little break. A little walk around. Yeah, there's a book called Deep Work by Carl Newport. Uh, there's also a podcast series as well, which is quite interesting. And he looks at the the benefits of being able to do that. And given a working day, you probably only concentrate for well, maybe half of that if you're lucky. Mm. With all the other distractions that go on, and particularly if you're in a noisy open plan office, then it's nigh and impossible to concentrate as well as you would do if you're in a library, for example. At my last job, obviously, I was a sales wedding manager I was getting up every two minutes having to like walk the venue or answer the door because some bride was stuck with something or like the amount of time I sat on my desk was probably about two hours a day yeah some jobs will be like that there'll be constant interruptions because you know if you're in a call center or or where you're dealing with customer inquiries Mm. and that's your 
your task that it will be very disruptive like that but then oh, you shouldn't be my task but it ended up being my task well there in that itself is, is a problem yeah because if you're supposed to be doing something else it requires some concentration and every couple of minutes you're being interrupted there's no way you can produce good quality work mm. well, there's now i zoom through my work because you're able to focus on mm. it which, which is good and talking of zoom so zoom meetings i find very very difficult personally do you uh, if it's a one-to-one or four people it's okay yeah. any more than that i find it tricky to work out who's talking and if two people talk at once i i have this problem without the zoom where i hear it's everything in, it highlights it for you if someone's talking it it highlights who's talking it does but there's sometimes a bit of a lag yeah true that's true or someone coughs <laughs> Yes, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. And whilst it's it is a boon, there's no two ways about it. And I've used other systems in the past, and they've just been absolutely dreadful, really, really bad. Uh, but Zoom is it's easy to use. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we use Microsoft Teams. Yeah, and I think I actually think Microsoft has put a, an awful lot of effort into that over the last. Mm nine months made it a lot better product than it may have been at the start yeah it's good i enjoy using it because you can chat on it as well as so like i'll be talking to someone and i won't get it so i'll video call them and screen share and show them straight away and like it's everything's a lot quicker than having yeah. to email it to the person wait for oh them yeah to and... yeah no two ways about it and our lions club we we started using it as soon as the first lockdown started um, i mean <laughs> you attempted to start using it <laughs> No, I, the take-up has been phenomenal. I mean, there was a period of two or three weeks where there was a lot of elderly gentlemen phoning saying, I can't get this to work. <laughs> I and can't we, see anyone. We got through it to the point where we have a 94-year-old joining the line meetings now. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is that's brilliant. I, yeah, I mean, that's his, his daughter's <laughs> d- done that. Input. Yes, absolutely. She's facilitated that immensely. But um, And it, it's a way of doing things and they've actually reduced the length of the meetings now which is a good thing yeah because they used to be very long meetings about not a lot no they're always about quite a lot they do they have a tendency to circle a bit Mm. um which is it's the way of things really the way of meetings but again you know we could have 30 people on one of those meetings and you can only see so many on the screen so i prefer to see the little boxes rather than the person who's talking's pop up so that's just just personal preference so my question is do you think homeworking will carry on once we're back to normal my contract states that i do four days from home and one day in the office i'll probably just go back to that Mm. because you know one day of niceties saying hello to people walking around chatting don't want to do that at the moment because the worst place to walk around and just randomly chat to people (laughs) but yeah have one day of niceties and not doing a lot of work and then the rest of the week work from home i think it is important to be able to make i'm gonna say physical contact that's not quite what i meant but um, <laughs> but but not through a 2d screen mm-hmm. uh, just to be able to shoot the breeze in the kitchen or you know heaven be forbid go for a pint at lunchtime yeah because on things like teams you don't feel like you can just call someone for a chat you feel like it does always have to be work related in order for you to speak to them and it does kind of remove that co-worker closeness i'm still friends with a lot of my old co-workers because obviously we're all in offices and like made that bond and struggled together and all that jazz um but here i barely know any of them and i've been there a month i've spoken to them like yeah. once in person max like i don't really know much about them i just send them work and i'm like do this 
Thanks. Bye. Well, that, you've not worked for a large organisation before, and that is fairly typical where you know you got a problem with your computer somebody comes out and fixes it and you've no idea who that is it's not but i am in a small team in a large organization yes you are but you'll definitely have inputs and outputs as it were outside of that team mm. company i'm working for is you know, it's across the globe you know i have phone calls with people in australia on a fairly regular basis which you know, I'll almost certainly only ever see them through a computer screen. Yeah, I can't imagine you'll actually take a trip to Australia just to see them. Well, that's a possibility, I suppose, but it's uh, I think it's a luxury that's not going to appear for a very long time. Mm. It also makes it harder for me to boast about how amazing I am. Well, you have to do that through demonstrating your amazing work ethic. Mm, it's not as fun. <laughs> you know, as sitting in a meeting and proving someone wrong. I used to love doing that. Can't do that at all now. Rude if I do it now. And I've only been there a month, so... Yeah, I'd, I'd hang, on, hang on with the smugness just a little bit longer. <laughs> Maybe. I've already changed one thing, so we're good. <laughs> the one topic we haven't discussed with working from home is uh, what do you wear? Oh, so I started off as party on the top, chill on the bottom, which for those older people listening like smart like either a nice knitted jumper or a shirt on the top and then pajamas or joggers on the bottom dressed for zoom i believe the phrase is yes um but now after a few zoom calls with people well teams calls with people i just wear pajamas all the time some of them turn up in dressing gowns so <laughs> i just wear casual clothing all day well day. why not quite frankly mm. you're being paid for your brain power and your finger processing and whatever it is that you're you're doing not for your the way that yeah, you dress at home well i think that's just common courtesy for other people that may or may not be in the house but yeah, it's just me yeah, I, know, I know i have gone several days where they've been really busy without um sitting in the shower. just forget so, to be honest not going out does make me just forget to have a yeah. shower yeah. i just get up get dressed work go to bed, get up. And then it's been like three days and I'm like, when was the last time did I shower the other day? And it takes a while to remember that I haven't showered. Yes, indeed. Normally an accidental whiff of an armpit clocks the, oh no, I haven't showered for a while. Yes, yes, I find if, if I reach from something from the cupboard or the bookshelf and go, ooh, yes. <laughs> Two things, I know I'm not ill because I can smell my own armpit and I need a shower. What was mine the other day? I got asked if I was ill and I said no because I can taste my coffee and smell my fart. Excellent. Good good <laughs> advice there. I, I think that's probably enough on that subject. Yes, probably. Our next topic, which is bound to raise a little bit of controversy, conspiracy theories. Yeah, absolutely I love, them, love too. them. Not that I believe any of them, but I love looking at them being like, how does somebody think this is real? For me, it's the ingenuity in coming up mm. with connecting a series of events. And there's part of you that goes, oh, have they got a point? Yeah. Well, it does make sense when you put it like that. <laughs> yeah. So there's been some absolute corkers over the years. It doesn't seem to have a major event go past without some sort of conspiracy coming out, mm. whether it's JFK being shot or the Americans not landing on the moon. Yeah. Talking of which, I, I watched the end of a program back, whether we landed on the moon or not, and there's some compelling reasons why we didn't. Is that? Yeah. So, for example, the photographs taken on the moon, you can't see any stars. And you think, well, you I never. Well, that's the point. When NASA have come back and gone, well, yeah, but it was daytime on the moon. 
you can't see the stars yeah. on during the day on the Earth. Why would you expect to see them on the moon? Purely because the background is dark rather than blue, and that's because of our atmosphere. But the moonscape is, is, is in sun. So why would you yeah. expect to see stars? Oh, that is a mind boggle, that one. Well, it is, and that's the problem, is that somebody yeah. comes out with this and you go, oh, I've got a point there. And then, yeah, you, know, you don't look at the rest of the facts necessarily you just see that one and you're like well there isn't stars so actually you yeah or, on the moon. or there's a footprint underneath the lunar module which mm. it's just the way it is it's not actually it looks a bit like a footprint but you can see and the face of picture. jesus in toast yeah so, and you know it's not it's just the it's pattern a, it is not a baby jesus it's not a baby Jesus. Anyway, back to this program, which mm-hmm. I only caught the last bit of it. And they were talking about the Russians. And the Russians... Are dodgy people? Well, they, well, we're not going to say that because we don't want the banging on the door. But the Russian government back in the 60s was very strict, let's put it that mm. way. And there's been instances instances where they've had a picture of scientists working on their moon projects and one of them has disgraced themselves in one way or another maybe socially maybe by doing a poor job at work and they've actually physically removed them from the photographs they've reprinted the photographs and somehow i don't know how they did it back in the 60s but just took them out so they're just no longer there which is is scary Dark beyond belief. Right. Yeah. They're making you invisible. <laughs> well, and not only did their image disappear, they disappeared as well. Oh, I see. Yeah, the, the way of things. Oh. Yeah, that's a bit too far. The the pictures disappearing, that's funny. The actual person disappearing is a bit not, suspect. Not, not so funny. I came across a an image on uh, I think it was on Facebook, if I earlier today. And they were talking about ancient flat earth beliefs. That was the title of it. And it says, mm. We would like to think that people have only known the earth was round since Columbus didn't fall off, which is always an argument with flat earthers, is if you mm. say, oh, where do you go when you reach the end? Yes. Yeah. And why hasn't anyone reached the end yet? Yeah, exactly. But the Greeks not only knew it, they calculated it its circumference, which means flat earth earthers could travel back to 500 BC and still be considered dumb, <laughs> which I thought was a little harsh. That's quite funny. The thing is, though, there was an actress that I really like called Millie Bobby Brown. She's in Stranger Things. She's like the lead in that. She's the lead in a new Shakespeare, not Shakespeare, um, Sherlock Holmes type film. And she came out the other day on an Instagram thing saying that she was a flat earther and just lost all respect straight away. She had no, no kind of like explanation as to why. She just came out with it and was like, well, I am. So that is very strange. You would expect there to be some sort of science or opinion to back that up. Mm. Interestingly, I, I read a book called Escaping the Rabbit Hole by a chap called Mick West. And he was a conspiracy theorist and was shown the error of his ways. And what's interesting is that if you believe in one conspiracy theory, you you have a level below which you won't go. So you could believe that the moon landings were faked, mm. but you would still consider flat earthers to be a bit balmy. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, and he said this is very common. And the way to get people to, to walk away from that is you're very gently with science and evidence is to prove that they're wrong. Yeah, I think because the, the problem is, is when someone comes out with the, the conspiracy that they think, it's not a conspiracy to them, it's real to them. Absolutely. They yeah. think it's happened. And then you get all these people being like, what about this? What about that? What about this? Like proving them wrong. That's just going to put them into argumentative 
I don't believe you mode rather than actually reading and taking in the information you're giving them. It's just making them go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. And there's also, there's a, there's a trait over the last few years where you pick something very small as a reason to discredit everything that that person. Mm. I mean, I found myself doing it once when we had the uh, extinction rebellion protests in london a few years ago and they were they were across a bridge or a road and they had a plastic plant pot in front of them and i thought well that just nullifies the whole thing they've got one plastic plant pot they're obviously you know this is just wrong (laughs) but it's not really it's one plastic plant pot it doesn't negate the whole of what they're saying i mean you may or may not agree with the manner in which they they did it but they had a point but you see that time and time again. You see something very small. Somebody's made a mistake or something's not quite right. And then that just just washes away a whole pile of stuff. And that's not right. No. Really, it's not right. No. And it's strange, I think, when people go kind of like nitty gritty into things. Like they land on the moon, but we need to make sure they definitely landed on the moon. Like NASA sending up a rocket a picture of it, someone stamping in a flag and coming back and saying it isn't enough for them to believe it happened. Like, they need to research into this. Like, the amount of people it would have taken to send a rocket up. I'm sure, like, someone would have spilled the beans by now if it was all fake. Well, it's 1969, so it's over 50 years ago. Hmm. And they would have had to keep that quiet. There would have been thousands of people involved in that. Yeah. And not only the fact that not just NASA, but there'd been a whole production company involved in staging it. Yeah, and also there would have been people that would have surely come out that worked for NASA, weren't involved in it, but they were like, well, we were on site. That wasn't a rocket that day. What are you talking Like, There would have been people just around when it happened that would have been like, well, no, it didn't happen then. If it's like they're saying this happened, it definitely didn't. I was there on the day and it didn't happen. Surely people that lived nearby would have like heard the exhaust and all of that. And Well, you would have seen the rocket would have gone up. There's no two ways about mm. that. But it could have only gone into orbit and then dropped back down again with the astronauts in it or some other um, connection. There was a very funny program uh, produced by Channel 4 about... 15 years ago, where they, I can't remember the name of it. I'll look it up and stick it on the web page. It basically, the premise was these guys were going up in a space shuttle and they were going into orbit for, I think it was a week. And they would do various experiments while they were up there. And then they would come back down again. And the whole thing was a hoax. And they, they shipped them what they thought across to Russia to, to go uh, to, to launch from Russia, but mm-hmm. actually turned out to be somewhere in Norfolk. And they, they, yeah, and they drove them past this hangar with the front of a, a space shuttle hanging out. They yeah. then loaded them up. They then managed to spoof the whole takeoff so it felt like they were taking off. And then they had this thing in this, a bit like they do for, for race car simulation. So it was in okay. this rig where the thing would move around. But yeah. the piece de resistance is they got this, uh, this is a few years ago, this gigantic screen which they projected the Earth on so you could see the curvature of the Earth. So it was as if they were in orbit. <laughs> and they actually got them up into the, the cockpit of the space shuttle, and they showed them this. So it was hook, line, and sinker. And they had a couple of actors there who would then, if they worked out there was anything going on that might lead them to rumble it, they steered yeah, them away from it. 
yeah, it was I'm absolutely so funny. I need to watch that. Yeah, it was um, John Johnny Vaughan, I think, compared it. And it was brilliant. So it was done a little bit like Big Brother. So it was on every night. So every night you'd see what yeah. they'd been getting up to. It was hilarious. And then, of course, at the reveal at the end, where they just basically split open. Yeah, I just, but they were so, this, I mean, they were very gullible, but they were lovely people. I mean, really, I really went Imagine into that it. that panic, though, when the, when the route, when you still think you're in space. and Well, no, because think... they came back down to land. Oh, they bring them back down. Yeah, I can't remember how that, I remember seeing the end of it, but I can't remember how they did it. I'll, I'll look it up. It was absolutely brilliant. But that, that's somewhat going off at a tangent. That is some serious pranking going on there, isn't it? It's not been done since, and I don't, I'm not sure you get away with it again. No, they, you'd have all sorts of people saying it's immoral. And... Well, probably, yes. Very, very Health issues. Yes. But to go back to Mick West, he has actually got a website called metabunk.org, which has got lots of stuff on it. And he his first sort of area of attack was with chemtrails with aircraft. So where you see an aircraft going through the sky and there's a sort of a vapor trail behind it, which is purely vapor. It's nothing else. Mm. But some people believe that's the government spraying chemicals on us. Obviously. And what he did is he went back, he found books from really the early years of aviation and they had pictures of planes with chemtrails and it said you know there's no way we would have been doing it in the 30s maybe 40s surely someone would have tested like try to test the air like you wouldn't oh there's so many like when you hear stuff like that your brain just goes surely you would have thought of this this and this and like that makes it not make sense yeah Yeah, absolutely somebody would when you believe it you believe it don't you which brings me on to another point that we seem to have at the moment, where is if you've got a theory or maybe you've got something that you believe to be true because you've backed it up with some science, but it doesn't fit with the mainstream view, then you're an idiot or you're a conspiracy mm. theory. Well, actually, I've just got something that's a bit different. And it's many, many things. It's, it's not just the current situation we're in. Right. You know, it's things like cryptocurrencies, for example. Yeah, Some people have been very authoritative on how bad they are and how pointless it is. Yeah, and the rest of us are all making money on them. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're the ones cheering when it drops by 25% and keep very mm. quiet when it goes up by some monstrous it, amount, which it has. Bitcoin's at its peak at the moment. High well, the, yeah, they have no, no, it's dropped down again. Okay. Um, but well, um, certainly the growth over the last couple of years is quite considerable. Certainly anything mm-hmm. much, much higher than anything you can build in society. But there's no guarantee with it. It could all disappear tomorrow. Right, same as gambling, isn't it? So this is not a financial advice. No, don't do it. I didn't do it. I panic. I get stressed. <laughs> well, like, I have that money. Why would I want to lose it? <laughs> well, that's, very, that's, that's very good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very wise. The last thing I've got to say, though, is about WhatsApp virus hoax messages. Now, I seem to remember when we went into lockdown one, there was a lot of them about. And there's one in particular, oh, I can't remember the I'm details of it. And oh, you just you just see it three or four times in a day. And you go, people, why don't you just look it up and just check before you forward it that it's not a hoax? And it's because the same it's one. So easy. It's so easy. And they've been going around for years and years and years. Oh, I mean, well. it's so easy to just forward it. It's easier to forward it on to someone well, than it is to look it up. But just in case, guys. Yeah, but with the yeah. Oh, I've just seen it on the television. No, you haven't. Yeah. Why? <laughs> no, but that's because somebody else has sent it to them. They're about the twentieth person exactly. to forward it on. Yes. So twenty well, people ago, they actually saw. They thought they saw it on the television. Well, they thought they did, but they probably got it from 2017, where somebody didn't yeah. see it on the television. Or the Daily Mail posted it. <laughs> 
so my top tip for this is if if you get something like that, please just check it out before you forward it. Because nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, if it's a WhatsApp thing, it's it's a hoax. Yeah. Absolutely. Usually. Hoax. There's a lot of PayPal ones around at the moment as well. I've got a text. They don't even have my number on the system. And they text me to tell me that my account was going to be closed. And I need to go through the link to make sure my account stayed open. Yeah, you see, that's not a hoax. That's a phishing attack. So what they're hoping, if you do have a uh, PayPal account, you click on the link, you go to a page that looks just like the PayPal login page, mm. you put your user ID and password in, and then they've got it, and that's it. Mm. So that's very different. That is really different. So anything I with a link in it. If you're unsure, you need to come off the text and either like, I've got the app for PayPal, but then search it on your own site yeah. separately. Don't click through the link. Go on to Google, type exactly. and like type your login in that way because that way you've got that security of that you double-checked that it isn't a hoax. Yeah. But also you haven't clicked on the link and then given them all your details to then log into your PayPal. Yeah, absolutely right. Although unfortunately I had a call from one of the Lions members this morning saying they'd fallen for some sort of link clicking oh, thing. No. And they were sat looking at a laptop and somebody's moving the mouse around. So, oh no. Yeah, which is horrible. A really horrible thing to do. These people they like, how do they sleep at night? Know mm. what they're doing. Anyway, do you have a top tip for this week? I do. It's slightly. Is it better than last week's? It is a better. It is slightly better. Slightly. I was looking for a lot better. (laughs) It's morale building, and I I did it today because I needed a bit of a boost today, and I did it last week a bit as well. So, my top tip for the week is: if you're feeling a bit down, put on your favourite type of music, turn it up super loud and have a dance party by yourself. That's not a bad idea. Honestly, I do it like once a week and it is like mentally, you just feel so much better after you've done it. It's that weird little bit of exercise that you don't think you're having, but you are having and you're like oxygenating your brain. And also just having a stupid dance around just makes you happy. It does indeed. Don't have it so loud that the neighbours then start to suffer from anxiety. (laughs) Well, don't do it all day. It's only for like 20 minutes. I very much agree. I think putting on familiar music and music that you love is mm. is definitely the way out of uh, a Have bit a of a dance. black dog day. Yeah, even if you've got loads of work to do and you're in the middle of it, just do it because you'll feel better about it like, as soon as you've finished. You will do. And if you're able to have a bit of music on while you're working, so much the better. Yeah, definitely. Well, that was a good top tip. I fully approve. I, know. I really one. thought about it this week. It definitely upped your game from last week's. But one. you know what? My last week's top tip was a was one that I looked like searched for. This week's top tip I came up with all by myself. So I think we know now that my personal top tips are better than my researched top it, tips. It does seem that way. Because hmm. I'm kind of fab, but kind of average. Yeah, of course, listeners can't see that. Oh, sorry, it says it on my sweater. <laughs> now, when you did your American road trip, did you go to Chicago? I did, yes. And you know, Chicago is also known as the Windy City. Yeah. Do you know why it's called the Windy City? No. Well, I always thought it was because it was a bit windy. Yeah, that's what I would assume. Not the case at all. It was coined by 19th century journalists who were referring to the fact that its residents were windbags and full of hot air. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) How bizarre is that? 
That makes sense because Seattle is also the windy city. Or is that the rainy city? I think it's windy, but Seattle's actually windy because it's like right on, right at the top of California, right out on the peak just before Canada. So it's actually quite windy there. Whereas I don't remember Chicago being windy. My only, well, that's because it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but my only experience of Seattle is through the series Fraser. Mine is through Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. But they call it the windy city or the rainy city on that pretty sure it's windy so i've just looked this up and it turns out that seattle is known as the emerald city oh wow which, weird yeah i mean i do remember an episode of frazier where it was very windy but of course that was mm. a set that's yeah. real so <laughs> it's not not in the outside <laughs> yes and just to unconfuse myself i thought washington was on the east coast but of course that's washington dc which is not in mm. washington just to confuse matters even more it's silly really isn't it just a bit it's a bit like having york not in yorkshire yes that would be daft that like why mm. why yes that's it for this podcast thank you so much for listening You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye.